you been dreaming about starting a business? We're talking with a mom who is helping to make those dreams come true. Welcome to How Mom Made It. I'm Mary Goulet. And I'm Heather Ryder. The Rosie Network is a network dedicated to helping small businesses. And the founder, Stephanie Brown, is the mom who made it. Welcome to How Mom Made It. Stephanie, are you there? Hello. Yes, and thank you for having me. Oh. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure. Well, and we were just talking right before we started the show about, I, I just did the introduction about how you made it, but you were very adamant that this is a team effort. That's right. That's right. And so in this- It is. It, 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 you, if you want to make an impact on the world, it's really hard to do it by yourself. So I, I always counsel and encourage folks to- create a meaningful team around them. And that doesn't have to be employees, uh, small business owners, especially, you know, single solopreneurs. It's hiring people is very expensive. And um, so it doesn't, it's, uh, building a team is not limited to employees. It can be mentors, um, you know, counselors, you know, advocates, uh, just creating your own cheerleading team. Yeah. It's a community around you. So you started the Rosie Network. So Tell our listeners, what is the Rosie Network and how did it come to be? So the Rosie Network, after Rosie the Riveter, of course, that, you know, infamous uh, World War II icon, the We Can Do It poster that we all know and love, uh, started, gosh, uh, over a decade ago. And um, I guess it originally began when, you know, I I was a small business owner in the Washington, D.C. area when I met my husband, who was in the Navy at the time. And we, you know, I went from being a business owner in my field to being a military spouse, unemployed and kind of unemployable. So uh, really entrepreneurship is sort of in my DNA. Um, My father was a Vietnam veteran. He was an entrepreneur when he retired. And, you know, I kind of just got built into who I am and what I love and what drives me. Uh, so I think seeing so many other military spouses unemployed and struggling to have a career because you have a service member that deploys, that goes away on training, et cetera. And, you know, you're oftentimes in the role of a single parent at home. So in a new environment every two to three years, it's kind of crazy. Um, I kind of picked up on that and thought, well, how do I, how can I help others like me and then and veterans um, become small business owners, right? So the lessons I've learned, et cetera. And, you know, began with Rosie's List, um, which if you read the article, you can learn about really what Rosie's List was all about. But what I identified was that there was really a gap in learning and creating a network of entrepreneurs from the military community. So the Rosie Network came to be um, over a decade ago, and we're a 501c3 nonprofit. Uh, We're headquartered in California, but we teach our free national award-winning program called Service to CEO, as well as our uh, military kidpreneur program um, in over 40 states and five countries. Um, So what we do is we train and mentor transitioning active duty, veterans, and military spouses um, through the program on how to launch and grow a small business. And over the decade, we have helped launch and grow tens of thousands of small businesses and communities around the globe. Uh, so I'm, I'm very proud of that. So that's, that's what we do. It's incredible. It really is. And then you were, cause we were just on the, one of our other podcasts talking with a military spouse and 
her journey, you do end up moving a lot and you are in the role, like you said, oftentimes of running a household by yourself. So having to have a business and an income that is flexible as well, I can imagine that you're helping a lot of spouses try to build businesses and when they are short on time, short on funds, and they don't know where they're going to be from one year to the next. That's right. And it's as challenging as that can be, having to navigate this lifestyle really helps military spouses get some of the skills that make for great entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. How to create things on a shoestring budget, how to overcome problems, how to pivot your business, you know, when there's a move or something else happens. Um, All of those skills, you know, really transfer well into becoming an entrepreneur, a sole proprietor, um, et cetera, an independent contractor, whatever that is. So it's really, uh, it's, beneficial. So we try to focus on, you know, how to navigate that process. So I like to say that, you know, nobody knows your business better than you, right? You're the expert in your business, whether you've you've created a service or, you know, this incredible widget, you know that, but you may not have some of the business acumen that's required that reduces a lot of the risk that most startups and um, small businesses that are looking to scale face. So we do that with you. We help you from the start um, to identify some of those, to identify your market, who your customer is. Uh, um, you know, we bring in, we have a huge network of some of the absolute best subject matter experts, um, not just from the military community, but from the civilian community that just want to share their experience and their knowledge, their skill set, you know, with our members. It's, it's a way for them to give back in a meaningful way because we're not, you know, we're not just giving military families that fish. We're actually teaching them how to fish, how to fish for themselves, um, how to transfer a business from one state to the other, uh, things like that. What states require, you know, what, you know, um, you know, what does one, if one state requires a license, is the state that you're moving to, do they accept that license through reciprocity? Uh, all kinds of things like that. So, which can be very time consuming. It can be frustrating. It can make people want to give up. Um, but I find that when you do it collaboratively with others who are in the same boat and the same experiences as you have had, you are much more likely to continue to persevere and then be successful. And the beautiful part is you're then willing to help reach back and help somebody else come forward, right? So it, it, it's, I love it. <laughs> so I'm, I mean, do you have like categories of businesses? Like, okay, this is an online business. This is a service business. This is a business in a box that can move from state to state or country to country and try to organize it that way. Because I mm-hmm. would think if you have a computer, you're in business, right? If you're doing some type of yeah. online Right. Um, so I would say that over the past decade and rosieslist.org, which is the largest directory of its kind, is relaunching soon. It was, you know, the, when we originally launched it back in 2012, it, the technology and, and um, was not what it is today. Yeah, it's incredible, and isn't it? Lo- <laughs> it, it is. So it's being completely rebuilt um, and it'll be launching next 
month, which, you know, you can go on there and find literally everything from an orthodontist to construction worker to um, every handmade product you can imagine, professional services, government, I mean, everything, um, you know, provided it's legal, uh, you know, products or service imaginable, veterans and military spouses are doing it. So there really is no um, one category um, or, you know, services tend to outnumber products, um, at least in, in our experience in our database. But you can go on there and find tens of thousands of veteran-owned, and we verify military affiliation. So you know that when you go on there, you, you're shopping with a level of confidence that, you know, we've done our due diligence, that these are that auto mechanic, you know, three miles from your home is owned by a husband and wife team, and they're both veterans. Um, my auto mechanic here, in fact, I found them on Rosie's list. And, uh, you know, I'll never go to anybody else. So it is um, being able to provide that service and being able to do it in, you know, and create this network where, you know, people are helping each other within the network. And then we are engaging the American consumer uh, outside the military community. Like, here's a way you can actually help and, and give back to military families, right? You've got 20 restaurants in your area. Did you know three of them are owned by veterans? Mm. Oh, nice. Um, Well, and actually my son uh, graduated from UC Davis, but he's working now for a veteran-owned small business environmental and engineering consulting firm. So he and his, the people that he works for, incredible. It's an incredibly run business. It's just, and I think that even though we do have, military, you know, my grandfather was in the military, my mom's an army brat, but even though my husband's not in the military, I'm not in the military, my son feels really good to be working for a veteran-owned business. That, that's fantastic. That's and we're fantastic. civilians, you know what I mean? Like, and how do you, yeah. do, and as civilians also giving back to our military, like you were saying, I think it's really important for everybody listening, because we're going to have military spouses and military people listening, but also for the civilians of us out there, how to support you and your efforts and military businesses. Exactly. And it's, it's, uh, it's such a small thing, right? It's such a small thing. You're, you know, you're looking for a dentist or a roofing company or a handyman or handy woman. I mean, you can, you can find them on Rosie's list. It's absolutely free. It's free to them. It's free to you. Um, and you know, that, that is such an amazing way. And you, and you build relationships. It's really about creating those, you know, those communities around the country and recognizing that in every community in this country, somebody who has served in uniform, um, probably lives there. Mm-hmm. And veterans are, you know, 45% more likely to actually start a business. Um, than their civilian counterparts. So, and they're 10 times more likely to hire other veterans. So when we talk about creating job opportunities for transitioning service members, veteran-owned companies are standing up um, in a big way to to make that happen. And the same goes for for military spouses. Um, A significant number of them also served in uniform, interestingly enough. So (laughs) it it really is an yeah. No, I was just Go going ahead. to speak to the military spouses. I would think mm-hmm. that would be a huge sector that she wants to be able to take her business on the road and establish something that 
maybe other people don't even know she's moved from a different state. But, like, I know one in South Carolina, I think. She is a virtual assistant, and she would teach other military spouses how to become a virtual assistant for their speakers or whatever, whoever they might be, so they could keep consistent income on a monthly basis coming in because it didn't really matter right. where they were. Right. What percentage and, do you and think, I think is that of your your people? Well, that's such a great question. Um, a number of years ago, I was in a roundtable meeting with the then director of the Office of Veteran Small Business Development at the SBA headquarters in D.C., and we were talking about <laughs> – how do we help military spouses? How do we actually get an idea of how many military spouses out there, veteran and, you know, um, active duty or reserve, how do we get a number around the spouses that are turning towards self-employment entrepreneurship? So a, an organization called Blue Star Families um, does an annual military family lifestyle survey every year. And we got some entrepreneurial questions in there. So what we found out, um, I mean, I, I, I want to say it wasn't surprising, but it kind of blew me away. And it blew away a lot of other people in this space and folks in the Department of Defense, the leadership, like, whoa, really? Um, over uh, just under 50% of military spouses are either entrepreneurs we're interested in entrepreneurship. See? Think about that. I think that's... Okay, so think about this and juxtapose it. Um, Heather and I started our entrepreneurial venture in 2003. And I've been living in mm. the same house since 1990. You know? So I'm not even <laughs> having to move. But there are a lot of women we've found through our radio show... They want to make 500 to 1000 bucks a month. This was at least numbers 20 years ago. And so they were, and they also thought I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a uh, run the house, but there's also me. I want to do something that I want to do. So yeah. it, it doesn't surprise me that I think there's just more of an a need, maybe ur- more urgent or realistic need that a military spouse has to put her thinking cap on and say, how can I do this? Well, and I think also maybe there's an element of it, Stephanie, do you think that military spouses kind of need to be their own bosses? Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I think that, um, you know, it provides a sense of self, a sense of accomplishment. Um, We can oftentimes feel sort of, you know, uh, not seen and not heard and behind the scenes. I mean, and, and I'm not saying that in a bad way or a negative way, but it's, you know, the reality is that the, the focus and rightfully so is on the service member, right? Because they're serving. So, you know, no, the Department of Defense is not reaching out to military spouses and saying, hey, we know you've got three kids and they're all in school. How do you feel about an overseas tour? <laughs> right. Um, we go where, where the need is, right? That, that's what, happens and if we want to stay together as as a family the family goes with them when whenever possible um so i think it's it and if you don't have i mean i'm a big believer in finding your purpose in life right and and defining what success means to you so if it is 
So it's doing something on the side that allows you to bring in, you know, a couple extra hundred dollars a month so you can make that car payment or plan a family vacation or whatever it is. And that gives you that sense of self-accomplishment. Like, this is mine. This is mine. I'm doing it. I built it. That pride is absolutely invaluable. And then you can't put a price tag on it. But it, it, it can change. We see in some of our qualitative data, not the quantitative, but the qualitative data, that 80% of military spouses who are entrepreneurs feel that it was a good decision for their family. So it impacts. It's not just the financial impact. It is that, you know, the emotional and the, that, that quality of life impact as well that goes beyond just, just the money. And I think a lot of us um, are, you know, really need that. We gravitate toward that and it impacts our relationships. Um, so I can, you know, that, that's first, firsthand. And the remote, um, I'll tell you a really quick story. In the, in the very beginning of this journey, um, my husband, who was Commodore of the Naval Special Warfare here in California at the time, uh, we were getting a tour of some military housing, right? The military housing that was off base. So it wasn't inside the gates. It was off base. And, you know, we got a tour from the manager and we're walking outside. And suddenly, we, you know, I noticed this huge line of military families, kids in tow, et cetera, mostly, mostly moms, you know, women. Um, and they're in line. And, and I turned to the housing manager and I said, oh, is, you know, is there a party going on? What's, you know, what's happening? This looks like fun. And she turned to Tom and I and said, no, that's uh, the free bread truck. Whoa. And I just remember thinking, what? Yeah, the free bread truck. Oh, they come several times a month and military families line up. They, you know, they have more than bread, but it was referred to as the bread truck. And so I, you know, you know, kind of aghast. Um, I've since then learned that one in four military families in Southern California qualify for food stamps or food subsidies. So anyway, I walked up and introduced myself to, you know, this one young military spouse. She had two kids and her husband was deployed and I started talking to her and t- come to find out that here she is. She's an entrepreneur. Um, it's an enlisted family. So probably, you know, clearly one of those families that would qualify. So they're, you know, struggling financially. And uh, she has a college education, but she couldn't get a job in her career, right? Because people would look at you know, and kind of go, oh, you've moved three times. Um, you know, why should we hire you? We're going to invest in training you and getting you on board. And then you're just going to leave again. So what she did was she turned that into a small business. She took that skill set, her passion, and turned it into a small business. But here's the thing. She didn't even own a computer. She would go to the library on base and use the library's computer to run her business when her kids were in daycare or camp. That is the kind of resiliency and determination that we're talking about. So, one of the first things we did as a fledgling organization at the time was get her of her own laptop, laptop, a printer, got her all set up, and then you know provide provided mentorship and access to subject matter experts, attorneys, so that you know that would say provide her service pro bono, et cetera, et cetera. I ran into her um, years later because it's usually in the military community. That's what we do, right? We make friends, we TCS somewhere else. And then, you know, we'll run into that friend again, you know, two or three TCSs down the road. It's really quite an interesting lifestyle. But I ran into her um, several years later, like two or three years later, and she came up to me and she said, Stephanie, I got to tell you, 
Um, uh, my business now employs five other military spouses with remote jobs. So her, her, her business was um, um, designing uh, the digital design work, branding, website, create, all that sort of stuff, right? And she goes, we're, uh, she goes, we, we just opened up our, a brick and mortar store. My husband's getting ready to retire, and I'm now employing military spouses with paying jobs, Unbelievable. no matter where they live. And she did so this. One, she, she started this without her own computer. Yes, from the library. I said, "How do you run it from the library?" Jeez. <laughs> oh, well, I'm telling you, that is determination so, yeah. and perseverance, and also, I mean. And for you personally, this must be so gratifying because it's not just um, helping families get an extra $500 a month. You're actually helping them survive. And thrive. And thrive. Survive and thrive. And And think about it. It didn't just create that impact on her and her family. Exactly. It created impact on other military families. So, so it is that ripple effect. Yes. Yeah, so just, with the community and yeah. technology, you must be yep. getting a lot of success stories like this because other people get very inspired hearing of such story and think I can do I, this as well. That's right. I mean, I, you know, we, if you watch Shark Tank, um, years ago we had, there were two military spouses that we knew and, and worked with that, um, made it to Shark Tank. The company is called Our Riveter. They got a deal on Shark Tank. These are two military spouses, both of them college educated. One had a, you know, in, in, in business, the other in marketing. They came together while their kids, across the dining room table while their kids were napping or in school, and they came up with this idea to create these handcrafted um, handbags, essentially handbags, right? But here's the... the unique thing is that the handbags are created by military spouses all around the country. So one design of handbag, the flap, for example, is made by one military spouse in, you know, stationed at Joint Base Lewis-McCord in Washington State. The body of the handbag is made by a military spouse stationed at, you know, Fort Hood in Texas. The strap and, um, you know, is made by another military spouse, um, you know, at, at and San Diego. <laughs> uh, and then it all gets assembled, um, you know, at their headquarters. But each and each bag has the, the stamp, the number ID of the of each military spouse that created a certain component of that product. They got a deal on Shark Tank. So cool. So, it is an amazingly inspirational story. Two spouses, unemployed, couldn't find jobs in their careers, and just said, we're going to create a solution. Now, that's one example, but you have so many others out there. That's why I constantly say, you know, define what success means to you. What do you want to do with this? Don't let, you know, outside other people pressure you. Oh, you should be doing, oh, you're not, you're not making that much money. You're not doing you know, in your heart, what makes you happy? What do you want to accomplish? And then that's where you begin. Because if you stay true to that, no matter what happens, you know, um, 
you'll be successful because it's your definition of success, not my definition, not social media's definition, not Shark Tank definition. It's yours and yours alone. And, it, with, and I think that, you know, go ahead. No, with that clarity of how you want your day to go, how you want your week, month, your priorities, that dictates the decisions you make. If an opportunity comes up Correct. and it goes against what you're, you've already laid down, it's an easy answer. No. Or yes, I'm going to jump on it because it works. Right. And that, you know, I mean, we could talk all day long about how some of those pitfalls are what I call it chasing the shiny object. <laughs> and, you know, that can take you down a rabbit hole and you lose a lot of time and money. Um, but it is, it's sticking, you know, what is it that you want to do? What makes you happy? What, you know, what does success look like to you and for some it is they have a massive big hairy audacious goal you know and that's fantastic okay what do we got to do to put you know that roadmap in place that's going to ensure you the greatest opportunity for success if it's not if it's like you know hey I just I love making these you know items for kids and all my neighbors and family members love it all right well how do you create a shop for that you know um, how do you expand that and keep it unique to you. Uh, I mean, so that, that's one of the things I love the most. This, this is definitely not one of those, you know, one size fits all, like you go in and learn how to become an, you know, an electrical engineer. I mean, <laughs> being an entrepreneur, um, I mean, there are cer certain basics that, you know, you should know who's your customer, right? Not everybody is your customer. Um, what is your market? What is the low hanging fruit? What, how are you unique? You know, and, and, and how to tell your story. It, you know, can't just be about your widget because everybody makes widgets. What is unique about your widget? And that is you. That's your story. So all of those things, I mean, it's absolutely, um, you, it's never boring. Let's just put it that way. It's absolutely never boring. And teaching about some of those pitfalls by hearing from other entrepreneurs, you know, who made them. Um, I mean, you learn more from your mistakes, right? Than you do your successes. But hearing from other entrepreneurs that they can relate to, they're not intimidated by, but hearing from them about some of the things they did right and some of the things they did wrong is priceless. So before we get to the end of the podcast today, Stephanie, how does someone go about getting involved with your organization? Well, we... Thank you for asking. <laughs> and I always say we we need time, treasure, and talent. So your time, your treasure, and your talent. If you are, let's say, an accountant, um, like I was in an event yesterday, and I met a woman who you know owned her own accounting firm, and we were talking, and I explained what we do, and she says, "Oh my gosh." You know, I would love to mentor. I'd love to teach. I'd love to come in and show your military spouses and veterans how to create a profit and loss, um, you know, what that looks like. Da, da, da. And I said, okay, done. Signing you up. All right. <laughs> I met another business owner, you know, um, you know, and he was like, I would love to mentor veterans. How can I help? Um, so that is your time and your treasure. And, of course, your treasure donations were 501c3. We literally exist, um, you know, by the you know, the, the gracious and giving nature of, um, of Americans who, who see what we're doing and the impact we make, that ripple effect, and are willing to give, you know, a, the price of a cup of coffee um, on up. 
um, or and and the other thing is finding find use Rosie's List um, dot org goes live next month. Go on there and find a veteran or military family-owned business in your in your neighborhood or in your state um, and patronize them. It's such a small ask, um, and and you know you're making a direct impact. And tell your friends. So time, treasure, and talent. Fantastic. And then also somebody with an idea for a business. And then also um, for the military spouse or for the veteran, how do they get involved in getting help from the Rosie Network? And then also, I know we're getting close to the end here, but you also have a Kidpreneur program as well. Yes. So they can go to our website, therosienetwork.org, therosie, R-O-S-I-E, network.org. Everything that we offer, all of our programs are at no charge. So there's nothing holding you back. (laughs) Don't wait for the perfect time. It doesn't exist. Jump in. We're there for you. We are your, you know, your accountability partner, your mentor, your, you know, advocate, your sounding board. Don't do it alone. Don't, you're not alone in this journey. And then our military kidpreneur, if you have a military kid, uh, doesn't have to be an active duty, can be um, the young children of veteran, if somebody that has served. Um, they're eligible for our military kidpreneur camp, which thanks to a very generous um, financial support from the Fisher House Foundation and Military Times, um, we now offer that year round. I have to say it's one of the funnest things that we do. I mean, my I just can't stop giggling and smiling when I meet these, I think it's age 12 to 17 um, that, you know, come together on a regular basis and, you know, I mean, let's face it, they can teach someone my age, you know, how to navigate social media and technology. Yeah, right. If you don't have an 18 year old on your staff, you're behind the time. All right. Stephanie exactly. Brown with the Rosie Network. Thank you so much for being with us and joining us on How Mom Made It. Hi there. It's us, Mary and Heather. The lawyers want you to know a few things about this podcast. First, it's for entertainment and education purposes only. And a few things about us. We're not doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, counselors, financial advisors, or professional coaches. As Mary likes to say, we're just talkers. Always seek the advice of professionals. That's it. Thanks for listening.